Well, I, I know I told you last week uh, that I was going to finish up talking about the man of lawlessness, and then I thought, uh, man of lawlessness and preparation for Thanksgiving didn't sound like uh, appropriate things. So I wanted to uh, talk about Thanksgiving this morning in Psalm 92, so if you want to turn there. Um, I did some research this last week on the first Thanksgiving, and uh, they realized they wanted to have a big celebration, so they went to the local Costco and um, they got all their provisions, and actually, they they found they did some gardening too, and they found um, yams, and they they all looked at each other and they go, "Well, what are we going to do with these? There, there's no way to make these good right here. These things, these yams." And so they went on the internet and they went to the Food Network and they figured out if you put a lot of like marshmallows and stuff, they're edible. And so uh, that that's how it all started. But. Uh, um, no, that's not how it all started. Plenty of thoughts about Thanksgiving, and maybe plenty of thoughts for you too. Plenty of thoughts of like, you know, what are we going to do this year? Family coming, how are we going to get together? And then uh, back to, you know, after you get through what we're serving and who's coming, uh, back to really the the point of the day, right? The point of the day. And and some have even talked, I, I, I hear you know, people talking about various uh, things politically and various ideas. And some would say, well, you know, you, you really shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving represents uh, European settlers coming and stealing the land from those who uh, originally owned it, those uh, Indians that were previously here. Uh, I, I want to tell you that Thanksgiving is not about... Uh, whether we've done everything right this last year, or even uh, generations. Uh, if I mean, think about that right now. Think about your own generations, the people you know about in your family. Um, was everything done well and in order? Uh, no. Uh, most of our families struggled over generations, and, and we have messy histories. So this isn't about uh, whether our history is good. It's about God getting us through this year, getting us through this year. And as you think about that, I, I know some of us uh, have this desire uh, to be perfect, to uh, be able to say, well, I did it all right this last year, and so God looked upon me and blessed me. Um, if you think that right now, you have a bad memory. You have a bad, bad memory. Um, chances are this last year, uh, there was heartache in your life, and there were things that you did not do well, uh, where you failed both your family and the Lord. But I want to tell you that Thanksgiving is about rejoicing, rejoicing, and, and being thankful to the one who's been faithful to you and to acknowledge that he has gotten you through the year. That's what those early settlers did. It, was that, it wasn't that it had been a great year. It wasn't that everything had been sweet and as we wanted it. You know, sometimes you have a picture of the future. Maybe you have a picture even of Thursday, what it's going to be like. And everything's, everyone's going to be happy and everyone's going to be thankful and the turkey's going to come out like, you know, on the Hallmark movies and stuff like that. Everything's going to be perfect. Uh, chances are it won't be. Chances are it won't be. But the point of it all is not that we were great. That God has been faithful to us, and He deserves our thanksgiving because of who He is. Secondly, I know for some of you, 
how you're thinking about Thanksgiving this year, and you're reflecting on the year, and you're going, uh, wow, it's been a very hard and painful year. And uh, can we just skip Thanksgiving, go straight to Christmas and presents and cookies and stuff like that? Because I'm struggling uh, to be thankful. I want to tell you once again, uh, we are going to direct our thoughts to the Lord himself and to realize it's him that we're to be thankful for. What he has done, what he has done, who he is, his works, how he's been faithful to us, big and small and blessed. So Psalm 92, Psalm 92, we're going to get uh, with it here today. And I hope this is an encouragement to you. And especially for those of you who have had a difficult year, uh, I want to encourage you that there's plenty to be thankful for. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you Psalm 92. Psalm 92 says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, uh, to sing praise to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At your work of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers evil shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. You have poured out uh, over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies, and my ears heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the, the cedar of Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. Uh, they are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. God, we ask your blessing on your word that it would uh, change our minds, that it would change our hearts, that it would direct our hearts towards you. God, I, I ask that you would help us to give thanks to you even now uh, in our hearts that you had set us in a course of thanksgiving and not complaining. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look uh, at this psalm, uh, it says a psalm for the Sabbath, and uh, mo most likely this is a psalm for the gathering, for the gathering of God's people, uh, as they would gather together what they were supposed to do. And yet, uh, as we gather together, it's all about our individual hearts where we're at. And as we gather as families, you, you realize that that's part of who you are, too. And as you gather as your family and friends this Thursday, it will matter uh, what your heart is drawn to. 
uh, how that time goes, how that time is reflected in one another. First section in chapter 90, 92 is good to be, give thanks. It's good to give thanks. I, I think that um, in our culture today, uh, we find it like part of our, our, our person and part of what is great in our culture to complain, to complain, to point out faults, to even uh, look at something that was beautiful and good and say, yeah, it could have been better. Could have been better. It wasn't perfect. Uh, when we look at our kids' tests or their homework or their grades and we say, yeah, but you could have done better. You could have done better. Um, we realize that uh, all of life could have been better, but the, the psalmist starts out with really the grand theme of this psalm. It is good to give thanks. I want to tell you that you could go throughout the scripture and see different places. I think of uh, Romans 1 and uh, how even thanksgiving, if we don't give thanks, there are, are bad implications where that starts the ball rolling down the hill to awful places. And you say, well, how do people get to the place where they commit horrendous crimes and sins? I want to tell you, it starts back in them not acknowledging, not acknowledging the goodness of God, that He has been kind and merciful to us. And so uh, it's important. It's good. Uh, it, I want to remind you, too, that it's good for you. It's good for you. Sometimes we think we're doing God a favor, uh, somehow uh, boosting his self-esteem uh, by thanking him. And I want to tell you, that's not the case. The, the, it's this, that we need to give thanks to God. It's only appropriate. The idea here is that it's fitting to give thanks because of what he has done, because of who he is. It's fitting for us to be thankful people and that that to come out of our mouths. In this passage, uh, the psalmist brings about this idea to sing praises to his name, uh, that this would be part of our music. And I want to encourage you, especially as we struggle uh, with maybe getting stressed out, maybe some of you struggle with depression, I want to tell you, uh, Music that honors the Lord should be playing in your home. It should be playing in your home. It should be playing in your car. You should be singing along, okay? Uh, even if you don't sing well, uh, no one's going to hear you in your cars. And if, if you're worried, turn it up louder, okay? Uh, music has a, it's part of what God designed for music to do that we would sing praises of Him. And so, in this psalm, you see this constant thing of singing praises, of coming back to that, of doing this with music. Uh, he says, it's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, O Most High. And then he says in verse 2, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Okay, uh, what a great verse, great verse, because steadfast love is to wake up with his love. Uh, in the Psalms, especially, this word steadfast love or just love, it's, it's God's special kind of love for us. It's uh, His covenant love, meaning His promised love. It, it's different. So um, when we have a wedding, when we have a wedding here, uh, man and woman are promising their love to one another, okay? Uh, and 
their promises are only as good as they are, right? Uh, their character and their ability. And, and so as they make those, those promises, there's a sense of inadequacy to even those promises. Uh, I want to tell you, that's what makes this so beautiful. The Psalms, when it speaks of his love, you know why? Because his love is based on his promise to you. That's all it's based on. So we wake up, and it's this idea that in the morning uh, that we would be able to declare your steadfast love, that we can wake up knowing about his love, that we can declare God, his love is good, and I'm a part, recipient or a participant in that, okay? That I, I get his love, and to declare that and to uh, acknowledge that as being good. The other side of that, in verse 2, it says, and your faithfulness by night, your faithfulness by night, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when all has gone on, um, uh, I don't know if some of you are scared of the day. I don't know if you're scared. Like you wake up and you go, hey, it's a great day, but I don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, some of your households, it's, it's kind of exciting to live there because you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, Maybe you, you have things lined up and you're not sure how they're going to turn out. But, but you wake up with His love, being able to declare His love, and then it says your faithfulness at night. That we can, at the end of the day, when all has gone on, whatever's gone on, we can say this, God's been faithful to me too. Uh, it doesn't say, doesn't say that we can say how great we've been, how faithful we've been, right? Because many days we aren't faithful. Many days we fail, uh, both ourselves, our family, and our Lord. And yet, uh, the psalmist says, give thanks. We can give thanks. We can declare uh, His love in the morning, your faithfulness at night. And really, the idea of this, from beginning to end, all day long, all day long. He's worthy of our thanks. He's worthy to declare and for us to talk about and to, to sing about, acknowledge His love and faithfulness. Um, and, and all this, once again, verse 3, to the music of the lute, or the harp, uh, to the melody of the lyre. I want to tell you, I know many of you love music, but, uh, you know, music is God's. Music is God's. He created it. This wasn't something that, you know, wasn't created at Capitol Records, right? Uh, it wasn't uh, something that, you know, is founded in Nashville. Uh, it's God's. And so uh, be careful, be careful uh, to not run after music that wouldn't acknowledge the Lord, that draw you back to Him. Uh, this is part of our problem sometimes. We take uh, that which is... Um, it's a bad copy. It's a, a counterfeit, if you will, and replace it. And so as we see in this passage, the music is connected to us giving thanks, to singing, to declaring, to acknowledging His faithfulness to us. Verse 4, uh, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work, and at your works of your hands I sing for joy. I want to tell you this, that uh, God is a God that brings gladness, that uh, he, he's a God that as we look at him and we see what he's doing, 
we can rejoice in Him. Life's messy. Life's very messy. Uh, can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, some of it we created for ourselves, right? And uh, our fingerprints are all over the messes, you know. Uh, we, uh, it's as if God walks in and there's chocolate all over our fingers and, you know, there's all over our shirt and there's stuff on the floor. And, and you say, I don't know how this happened. I, I do not know how this happened. Uh, caught red-handed. And other things just come upon our lives and, and they're part of other sins coming upon us and being in this sinful world. I want to tell you that if you're looking, if you're looking to yourself or to this sinful world or to other sinners uh, to find your gladness, you are going to be sorely disappointed. You're going to be ripped off. And so in the psalm, the psalmist finds his gladness. He finds that source of joy in the name of his God and that the works of his hands the things that he has done. And so, uh, to reiterate, it's good to give thanks. Good to give thanks. To acknowledge his name and the things that he has done. As we move on to verse 5, verse 5, uh, we should be thankful to be the Lord's. Um, interesting few verses here, and it reminds me of Psalm 73, uh, but the psalmist writes this in verse 5. He says, um, how, how great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep, meaning uh, that it's magnificent. It's it's too great for him. And and then he says this. He goes right in um, verse six. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. Uh, some of you say, "Well, that, that that could be my life verse right there." Um, uh, verse six. Uh, and what is he talking about? Well, you go on to verse seven, and it says that though the wicked sprout like grass and evildoers flourish. That, that's a problem for us, isn't it? It's a, it's a problem. Have, have you ever in your mind, and just made the simple math problem in your mind, if you do good, if you do good, if you try to do your best, good things will happen to you. Maybe you said that in your mind. You say, I, I try to do my best. I try to do what's right. And good things will happen to me. And this passage says, and we've all seen it, uh, that those, uh, look down at it again, uh, that the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish. We've seen those who aren't honoring God, who are rejecting his name, mocking his name, and uh, kind of setting other evildoers up and, and, and causing others to sin. And we look at them and we say, they look like they're doing fine. It's wrong. And, and there's this frustration. And it says the, the, the stupid or the fool uh, can't get it. They, they can't understand it. Why? And I want to tell you that each one of us has struggled in that way before. We've said, you know, it's not right that they're doing well. It seems like God has uh, made it difficult for those who walk with him. And for those who don't, they seem to flourish. Why? The problem of evil. But quickly, the psalmist brings about um, this, why it's an amazing plan of God. Why is it, are his thoughts so deep? 
why her is works so magnificent. Because though they look like grass that sprouts up and, and the idea of them flourishing for a time, the end of verse 7, it says they are doomed to destruction forever. Doomed to destruction forever. And side by side, he puts the idea of grass sprouting up and looking vigorous, looking healthy, and saying, it looks like it's flourishing. I, you know, it'd be better to preach this message in spring, you know, that one week uh, here in Bear Valley, uh, where the hills are green with the sound of music and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and you look and you just go, wow, we're going to be taken over. And yet, uh, quickly, quickly, just for a, a moment, there's green and life. And then that green life, uh, because it's not meant to last, goes away. I still got to weed whack it, but nonetheless, it goes away. And the psalmist comes about and, and he's reflecting on this and he's seeing the magnificent plan of God. And he, he, he brings about this idea that's difficult to wrap our head around. Um, as we look at in verse seven, it says, uh, talks about the grass sprouting and the evildoers flourishing. They are doomed to destruction forever. And he says, but, but you, O Lord, are high forever. You're above us. And verse 9, for behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish and all evildoers shall be scattered. As we look upon this, these verses, he even talks about the victory in verse 10. And he says, but you have exalted my horn above like that of the wild ox, and you have poured over me fresh oil. That picture there is this, that they, they saw the horn as that of a victory, and you get this picture of the, the horn and the, the, the magnificence and the strength of uh, I'm the victor and the idea of the oil being poured over as that of a celebration and, and a reward. And there's this picture of the one who is trusted in God in the end, being honored and and. Big, being victorious. I want to tell you that uh, as we look at these verses, it, it's good for us to remember that we should be thankful to be the Lord's. Thankful to be His. You know, you may be going through a season right now where you go, things aren't going that great. I, I don't feel like the one who is is flourishing. I don't feel like the one who is is green like the grass. I feel like the one who is dying. He points to the end and he says this, uh, for those, for the enemies of God, the evildoers, they're bound for destruction, bound for destruction. But for me, because of the Lord, uh, there's this victory that is to come. There's this victory, this celebration of strength and victory in the end. Which brings us to verse 12. Uh, Thankful to have my rock. Uh, as you look at this last section here, it says this, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Once again, he goes back to this idea of growing, growing, right? But it's not like grass anymore. It's not like the weeds of the field. The weeds that are come and gone, they, they don't last from year to year. They sprout up and, and look magnificent, but then they're gone. But he connects uh, the ones that are, are His, the ones that are the Lord's, 
the righteous, that they flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar of Lebanon. And these two pictures, one, the idea of a palm tree being green and, and beautiful and, 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 and coming out and being able to last year after year. And then the cedar of Lebanon was known to be the strongest and biggest tree uh, in their area. And it was the one that they would use to build in the temple and the gates and this idea that if you wanted a strong wood, you'd get the cedar. Uh, what a picture. And he says, these are the ones that are righteous, the green and the strong. These are the ones that, that truly last and flourish. Verse 13 says this, they are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of our God. Where, where do they grow? Where do they grow? Where, where do they get this strength? Where are they planted? Where, where is this beauty found? With God. With God. I, I, I want to tell you, I, I want to tell you that this is so important for us to remember. Um, I want to say it this week because I don't think anyone's here just because it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of those weird holidays that you almost can't go to church on because it's on Thursday, right? I grew up having a Thursday service because that's, you know, had to have a service. Had to go to church. And so, but, but there's this thing like Christmas and Easter. Oh, man. Oh, man, we're going to pack this place out. In fact, you know, we decided this may sound ridiculous, but we're having four services on Christmas Eve this year. Two in the morning, well, Christmas Eve day. Two in the morning, uh, two at night, okay? And so you can plan accordingly, plan accordingly. Come, if you're here three out of four, I'll be happy. Three out of four. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. 75% see. No, uh, um, just kidding. We'd love to see you at any time. Uh, Christmas Eve. As we look at this, it's very important for us to understand this. So uh, especially I want to talk to you young parents right now. Uh, sometimes we think, uh, you know, what do we want for our kids? What do we want for our kids? And uh, a lot of things come up. Uh, we want them to be successful. We want them to be happy. We want them to be smart. We want them to be self-sufficient. We want them to be married and produce us grandkids all in time, all in order too, by the way. Um, we, we want these things. We desire uh, some things. And I want to tell you, uh, the picture of Scripture is this. Your kids will be fine. They're connected to their Lord. They'll be fine. You, you see this, these beautiful palm tree and this, the cedar of Lebanon. It's not just that they grow. It's not just that they're strong because they're strong. It's because of where they're planted. Do you see that? Where are they planted? They are planted in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. As we look at that, that's Old Testament. It's temple imagery. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you this. This is not a temple. Uh, we could just as easily meet out in that field out there as we could meet here. Sometimes a year it's even nicer out there. Other times it's not. Uh, but, but get this, get this. You want your kids to grow up around God's people. You, you want them to be hearing God's word. You want them to learn how to worship. You want them to learn how to sing. And I want to tell you, this isn't just for your kids. Sometimes 
uh, parents do this thing here. Um, I'm going to church because it's good for my kids, especially dads. Do that. You know, I, I don't really need it, but uh, um, I, I don't I don't need the Lord. But my kids, you know, my wife, too, you know, uh, but, um, uh, you know, a lot of people need it. And I'll just go. I'll drive. I'm a good driver. And um, I want to tell you, we're in desperate need. We're in desperate need. He goes on to say, uh, I got distracted. I didn't even get it all out before I started talking about other things. Listen to this. Verse 14. They still bear fruit in old age. They are full of sap and green. What's the picture there? They never stop growing. There's a, there's a health to them throughout life. Throughout life. Um, this is what we want. Not just for our kids, but for ourselves. That we would be filled with life that comes from God throughout our whole life. And the idea of bearing fruit in every season of life. Some seasons it's easier than others. But I want to tell you, if you're walking with God, if you're connected with Him, if this, uh, to worship Him is part of who you are, it'll be every season. It's like healthy trees, not grass, right? Grass comes and goes, but these are healthy trees. The palm and the cedar planted in the house of God, in the courts of God. They're sap. They have sap in them. They're green. They have life. And in this place, um, in this place, in this situation, because of God, because of Him, it says this in verse 15, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. There's three things in there. He's upright. He's upright. He's my rock. He's righteous. He's righteous. And you look at that and you go, so, so what can we be thankful for? Uh, that I did so good this year? Ah, that doesn't sense uh that i'm righteous that no that's not true either uh, i'm really a stable person no that hasn't been shown to be true uh um it, you look at this and and it's all directed toward who our lord is that he is the one who is upright he is the one who is our rock he is the one who is righteous as we see this uh he is my upright rock. I have three things for us to conclude this morning, and hopefully they'll be helpful for you that you can praise and thank Him. Um, first one is this. Uh, the world is not perfect. He is perfect. So we can praise Him. He is perfect. In the midst of the things that don't fit into my five-year, ten-year plan, the things that didn't, I didn't want on my schedule, the, the failings that I wish I could erase. Not perfect, but He is perfect, so we can praise Him. Secondly, um, to remember that He has got you this far. He has got you this far. It may have been an awful year this year, and I want to tell you, you're here. You're standing. You said barely. I said exactly. By God's grace, you're standing. By His faithfulness. I love it. I love it. You say, well, 
you know, we failed this morning. Yeah, you'll probably fail tomorrow morning too. But by his grace, by his grace, you're, he, he's got you thus far. He, he's brought you to this point. So praise him. Thank him for what he has done. You know, the third thing is this. He is your unshakable rock. He's your unshakable rock. You know, um, it gets pretty personal where it speaks of him being your rock, right? It gets personal. It's not about your history or your life. You're not the most important person in the world. But as we thank him, guess what? It gets personal. Not because of what I've done, but because he has been my rock. I should praise him. Because he's been faithful to me. He has gotten me through. He has been the, the safe place, the stable place in the midst of this chaotic world. We have much to be thankful for, so we should praise Him. Please pray with me. God, thank You for this morning. Thank You for the blessing of this beautiful psalm. Uh, God, I, I pray that our thoughts would be directed to You. And God, I, I pray that we would be able to see the difference between doing our own thing and being like grass that's just here for a moment and being ones that, that follow after You, trust in You. And being the, like those, those green palm and the, the cedar uh, strength. And to know that because of you, uh, we will have life for a lifetime. And then go to be with you for eternity. God, thank you for the hope of the gospel. Um, thank you for doing it for us. For your faithfulness to us. Your unfailing love. God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great week, and especially on Thanksgiving, you are dismissed.